Good morning, my family. What do we stand this morning? We welcome you to the house of the Lord. We sing some songs to the glory of his name, amen? Come on, let's do it. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my sons and daughters bought with blood and washed in water still the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven yeah our God will finish what he started oh this is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Oh come on now let's lift up our voices if I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, that you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. I'm not dead, but you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. Come on, let's, let's sing. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony, oh I'm alive This is my testimony, from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified This is my testimony, this is my testimony
family, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord. It's so good to be here this morning. Amen. Church, we want to welcome you into this place this morning as we come together and lift up his name in worship. Amen. Today, we're going to thank him with our worship. We say, Lord, we thank you. We come together, Lord, together in this place to give you thanks, to give you all the worship, Lord, all the glory, Lord, together. We say, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the work on the cross. We thank you, Jesus. Let us be together as one here today, Lord, either on the stream or here in the house, Lord, but we're here in this place, Lord, to give you the glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time together. Come on, church, let's continue to worship his name, amen? We say thank you. Come on, lift your voice together. Thank you for the way that you love us, how you love us. Sing it with us. Thank you for the way you have made us. We were created your pleasure, for your presence, for the glory of your name. Thank you for the way that you love us. Come on, that's right. Sing it. That's right. That you love us. Oh, how 
Jesus this morning. Amen. Lord, it's all about you. Ooh. Can you feel him in this place? Will you reach out right now in this moment and touch the hem of that garment? He wants to fight that battle for you. Will you do me a favor? Will you get out of the way? Will you give it up this morning? Lord, it's your battle to fight. Shout Jesus. So I'm going to give you a blessing this morning, church. That you didn't come in expecting, maybe. Some of you walked into this place saying, I don't know what I'm going to walk into. I, I don't even want to go to church today. I, I give up. And then the Lord says, I've got a word for you. I've got a promise for you. And he says, I want to fight that battle for you. I want to remind you of something. Because I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Heavenly Father, we speak Jesus this morning. Heavenly Father, we speak Jesus over our lives this morning. We speak Jesus over our, our hearts this morning, God. Because in your name there is power, Lord. In your name there is healing. In your name there is peace. There is strength. There is hope, Lord. And we, and we find that in you, Jesus. I speak Jesus over the over the lives of every person in this room, over every person watching online, over per every person who live streams this, who's, who's watching this later on, Lord, we speak Jesus. Because in you, Lord, you supply all that we need. We thank you and we praise you for who you are and what you're doing, Lord. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, in the same spirit of worship, let's take a moment, let's greet one another. Worship comes to an end this morning. Well, good morning, church. It is so great to see you. Oh, my goodness. How was that movement of the spirit Ooh. this morning? Oh, man. Oh, man. I, you know what? It, it had to take me a quick second. I had to compose myself, man. Yeah. The spirit was moving in just a mighty, mighty way. And, man, if you're not in tears right now, I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with you. 
Pastor Richard says it the best. He goes, man, if you don't feel the fire of God in this place right now, then your wood is wet. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I feel it. And I cry because I love you guys. And uh, we say it all the time uh, from here at the pulpit, and we know the pain there is in the pews. And there's a lot of pain in the pews as much as there is at the pulpit, right? We're human as well, but we love you guys. And, um, man, it's awesome to worship with you guys, and it's just amazing. Anyway, that was it. That was it. I can go home now. That was it. That was it. But, hey, church, we just want to welcome you in this place. Uh, church, my name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And my name is Lena Mazarinich. I'm one of the volunteers here at New Beginnings Church. And we just want to give you a big, warm welcome, church. We are just so excited that you get to be here. And Pastor Mike, before we begin our announcements, could you give us an update on how Pastor Richard is doing? Thanks for that question. Yeah, you know what? Um, thanks for touching on that. Uh, first, uh, Pastor sends his greetings and his love. And he says to every single one of you, those watching from home and him being probably one of them right now, Pastor, for one, we love you, we miss you, we continue to pray for you. Um, and, uh, and Pastor sends his love and, of course, his thanks and his forever uh, gratitude to you and to all of us who have been nonstop for him. An update on Pastor is that he's still in Lubbock. He left on Wednesday, as, as you might have found out if you were here on Wednesday night for midweek service. Pastor Richard was out, and um, he, he wasn't sure at that time if he was going to be able to come back that day uh, because it was like, are, am I staying for uh, a procedure? Am I not staying for a procedure? Am I, what's going to happen? And so we've been praying that the Lord was going to move in some way that there were, we were going to have favor and have some promising news. Well, we have some promising news. It's not, it's, it's not 100% where we want it right now, but we're getting there, and I'll tell you where we're at with it. Pastor Richard stayed in Lubbock because uh, it, 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 is all, it is all looking really good right now. It is all looking really good right now. So he begins testing tomorrow. So tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are a series of tests that he has to go through. And if all those tests come out exactly as we want them to come out, Lena, Pastor Richard will be having a hip replacement on Friday. Amen. Amen. So we're talking five days. In five days, he'll have a hip replacement. So that means he'll be out for a little bit longer as well. Uh, but we are all praying that our pastor, these tests come out exactly. So if, if you're saying, how can we pray for you, pastor? I know a lot of you guys, and he's like, thank you all for the endless messages, right, that, that are that are happening, that, are, that everybody's sending us uh, to him and Pastor Cindy. They send their regards and say, thank you for all the messages and heartfelt regards and prayers. But they said, please pray that everything come out exactly as the Lord, A, the Lord wills it, for one, mm -hmm. right? For two, that we get what we want at the same time, that we are in line with the Lord's plan and the Lord's will that by Friday and that by Thursday, all those tests come out is exactly as they are to come out to where he can have his hip replacement on Friday. Okay, hopefully we'll have him back here 
sometime next week. I don't know about here, but here in back home in the city. Hopefully we'll have them back home. But that's an update on, on Pastor. So thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm. And can we just, can we celebrate Pastor? Can you just show him how much you love him? You know it, Pastor, they love you, they miss you. It's not the same without you. And so we continue to ask for your prayers, as well as for the office staff and for, and for all of us here. You know, we all miss, we miss old Pa. We miss Pa around the office. You know, we miss old Pa. So pray for us as well. You know, they're always on the clock. They're on the clock 24-7, so nothing stops. But um, thankfully, um, uh, everything has continued moving forward. Nothing has stopped. But, you know, without them... You know, it's just kind of weird not having them around. You know, mom and dad are gone. It's kind of like, where's mom? Where's dad? I don't know, on vacation or something. You know, it's kind of weird. But pray for us as well. It's kind of weird not having them in the office. But that's the update, Lena. What else Thank is going you. on? Tell us what, what's going you. on. Give us some announcements. There's some stuff happening. There's always stuff happening, mm -hmm. Lena. There Tell is, us what's going there on. There is. Well, church, we just want to let you know that on the 29th this month, I believe that's two Sundays from today, mm -hmm. church, we're going to be having our Meet the Pastors event. That's going to be happening in conference room 106. I call it the fishbowl because you know you got the windows, you can look in there. It's like a fishbowl. And uh, we just want to invite you to that church. You get to know your pastors and your pastors get to know you. I know uh, there's a lot of familiar faces around here and uh, we get to see you every week, but it's really nice to get to know you and to get to know you personally, get to know how, how the pastors can pray for you, how they can support you, how they can encourage you. And it is, it is a wonderful time. You get to meet over food, hors d'oeuvres, and uh, you get to just let your guard down with them. And it's going to be a great time. Yeah, so we, we encourage you to be a part of that. You don't have to be a brand new member or say, this is my first or second time here. You know, if you've been here for years... Uh, and you, you've ever wondered, hey, what does Michael Romero do on a Thursday afternoon? Or what does a Tuesday look like for these guys? You know, because, uh, you know, we're, we're not just here on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? We're here during office hours. You guys want to get to know maybe just a little bit more about maybe a, our, our personal lives. Like, well, what does that guy do for fun? I don't, I don't really do anything for fun, but, I mean, I, what, what, is, what does that guy do for fun? I work for fun. But I... I do. I work for fun, and um, other yeah, people golf, people watch TV, people. I don't, I don't know what people do for fun. If I'm being honest, I don't there's, know what people do for fun. But, um, there's a lot of hobbies. Like apparently, there's hobbies out there. Uh, but I work for fun. Um, I was trained by this man named Richard Mansfield, who just works for fun. I don't know, but. But, yeah, get to know us, and it'll be on the 29th. If you can sign up for that, we would really appreciate it. Um, and, and I'm going to show you exactly how we're going to sign up for that here in just a second. What else is going on? Hey, there's a men's rally going on on the 27th that's of right, January. That's right. Yeah, so the men of God are asking for a men's rally, and uh, the men of honor men's rally is going to be hosted here at New Beginnings once again, and that will be on the 27th. That's going to be on a Friday night, so two days right before that is going to be the Men of Honor Rally. And you can sign up for that and get more information on our website and on our app for that as well. Awesome. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, give a praise report. What happened on Friday? Our food distribution. This Friday, yeah, yes. We, we were did talking about that. We food distribution yeah. this Friday. And oh, how many pounds of food were given Over out? 15, Over 15,000 yeah. pounds of food were given out to our community. That is amazing. Yeah. Church, oh, my goodness. And I know it's not just our community. That's we were right. able to give to other 
nations, other other foreign right. communities. And That's it, because it's not just our surrounding community, mm -hmm. right? And what we talk about, and when we say, church, that it's not just what the impact that you and I are making, it's outside of this community. It's what we do. So there's somebody that comes every single week, or rather every month that this specific uh, food drive happens, right? This big one that we have out in the front. They come from Clagato, Arizona, and they take 21 boxes to that community, to Clagato, Arizona. And that's what you and I are doing. And so when we say the impact that you and I are making goes beyond this neighborhood or beyond this driveway or behind this area code or zip code, we don't just say that lightly. It goes on beyond that. It goes to Arizona. It goes across the world, the, the impact that you're making. So we say thank you yes. so much for all of that. So, but that was an amazing outreach. Men's breakfast, men of God got together this last weekend. Uh, yesterday was actually the day, uh, the day that it happened. And so men of God, we, we invite you that if you have not plugged in, sisterhood uh, was weekend before last. If you have not plugged in, we tell you, please plug in. Mm -hmm. Plug yourself into the men's group. Plug yourself into the women's group. It's just an amazing way for you to just honestly just continue to grow and grow and grow mm -hmm. and grow. That's right. Fellowship is so That's important. Right. And these are there's so many activities that you can do at the church to grow in that. And church, um, we just want to ask, are there any first timers here today? If y'all wouldn't mind raising your yes. hands. Amen. My sister, amen, amen. my brother, first time visitor. Oh, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 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 Amen. Oh, thank you so much. Welcome to our first time visitors. Um, can we welcome them again? Give them a proper welcome. Thank you. We thank you. Yes, we thank you for coming out. We, we have something on the screen for you. If you'll pull out your phones, uh, especially our first time visitors. And if you want to connect with us in any way, here's how we're going to do it. And I, I, I spoke to you just a second ago about how you're going to find out more information and how you're going to connect with us, how, how you're going to do that. In and around our building, you're going to see this QR code. And this QR code is going to be kind of rotating on the screen as well before and after service. And anytime you want to connect with us at the front office or maybe you want to sign up to get baptized in the next time. Or maybe you want to say, I, I, I want to dedicate my children or I want to volunteer or I just have a question for the front office. Like maybe you just have a general question that you say, I didn't get to catch one of the pastors or the volunteers anywhere this weekend. Can somebody reach out to me? All you have to do is scan this QR code. And when you scan that QR code, all you got to do is just connect with us. And maybe it says, I'm a first time visitor. And then we want to welcome you. We want to connect with you. It's about us connecting with you. We want to get to know you. So if you're here for the first time, we want to say again, welcome. And thank you so much for visiting us. We hope to see you again, maybe Wednesday, maybe Sunday, but we want to see you more than just today for sure. Mm -hmm. And we want to connect with you and hopefully get to know you again uh, on the 29th. And you can get yeah. to know us a little bit better and get to know the history of our church, get to kind of know where our, history, our, our ministry began, not only in the city, but kind of how it started mm -hmm. and um, where it started and where we're going and where we're at and kind of where the Lord is leading us. That's what that, that Meet the Pastors is all about. It's not just mm -hmm. about what does Michael do for fun. It's really about getting to know the church and getting to know us. That's Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. And church, we say it every week, and Amen. it is because we mean it. None of this would be possible without your faithful giving. Right. And we wouldn't be able to do things like our connections events where we get to do meet the pastors. We wouldn't be able to do our food distribution. We wouldn't be able to do our, our fellowship events like men's breakfast, like sisterhood church. And 
none of this would be possible without your faithful giving. And so mm-hmm. we, we have many ways to give. They're up on the screen behind me. You can text to give. You can give online or through our app. And then we also have offering boxes at every exit in the sanctuary church. But I believe uh, we just want to thank you. Yes, and thank, thank you, you so much for that. And thank you so much. And with that, we turn it over to our speaker of the day, our youth minister, David Sanchez. Will you welcome him to the pulpit? Oh, there it is. Good morning, church. Ah, there it is. How are you guys doing this morning? We, did, we all doing good, man. I'm so excited to be here. I just love being with you guys, being with my family on a Sunday morning. Wasn't worship fantastic, y'all? And so I, I want to give you guys a little background on that song. The, uh, the I just want to speak the name of Jesus. That song is one of those that's just, it's in my heart, you know? I heard it a while ago. We went to a, a Teen Challenge banquet a little bit ago. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Teen Challenge. Yeah, we love them. Y'all do amazing work. And over at that banquet, they sang that song, and that, that was the first time I had heard it in, like, forever. And it's one of those, like, big, like, your name is power, you know, like big Pentecostal almost type songs, man. And that just brings me back to the good old days. You know, my childhood, I grew up pretty Pentecostal, and it just makes me think of that big band worship, and it's, it's nostalgic, you know, especially for a lot of us who kind of grew up similarly there. It's nostalgic, uh, you know, and so uh, that's, and that idea of nostalgia, this idea of, hey, back in the good old days, there was, you know, some more peace for us, you know, there was some, things were easier for us. That's an idea that I think many of us have been kind of been chewing on lately, and especially in this new year as we've been uh, talking about, hey, how do we better ourselves? How do we, you know, look forward to building our future? A lot of us uh, find that we start longing for some of that old stuff. Are you with me? And so this morning we're going to be talking about how we can, uh, we're, we're talking about blueprints for improving our lives. There's a story in the Bible about a guy named Nehemiah uh, who was trying to rebuild the, the walls of Jerusalem. He's trying to rebuild the gates and this is basically kind of symbolic of, I think, where we're at as a church in, in, in this cultural moment. We are wanting to rebuild. These last few years have taken a lot out of us, haven't they, church? A lot has changed. We're in an entirely different world. Now, I forgot to dismiss the youth. That's my fault. Ah, man. I'm, I, every time that, uh, by the way, I'm the youth minister, if you guys haven't met me yet. And every week it's like, is pastor going to dismiss the youth? Because sometimes we forget. And look at me now, this time I forgot. Uh, so I get it now. I understand it. <laughs> so youth, you may be dismissed if you haven't already gone. Grade 6th through 12th, um, we meet right over there in that other room. Our brother A.J. Coley, he was just over here or just over here on the base. He'll be preaching today in youth, and so we're super excited for all of that. Oh, and by the way, while we're talking about youth, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked, but while we're talking about youth, uh, if, if any of you guys are parents of youth or maybe you have some nieces, nephews that you want to bring to the youth and you, you want to learn more about the youth program, next uh, Sunday... This coming Sunday, after second service, we're having a youth open house. I want to invite you parents to come and hang out with us after service. We'll have some snacks and food for us. And I'm going to basically let us, uh, I'll let you all know uh, at this meeting when camp registrations are open, what fundraising is going to look like, how much it's going to cost, what other events we're doing. And also, we're, we're looking to launch some new opportunities for connections with parents Parents, I understand, uh, us young people, us Gen Zers, we have some weird vocabulary, for example. I want to give you guys some tools and resources to start bridging that gap 
and being able to understand our teens and our, better, our, our, our kids better. And so uh, if you want to be a part of that, that's this coming Sunday, the 22nd after second service in the youth sanctuary. So now that we've said all that, back to over here. So we are, we are in this series called Rebuilding Our Future. And we are a couple weeks into 2023, and many of us are looking forward, right? Uh, I just, I've been thinking so much about the fact that life is really different than it was, uh, life is really so much different than it was back in 2020, right? Or just before 2020, everything is so much different. And these last couple of years, at least for me, it's felt like we're trying our best to get back to whatever that was before 2020. And as time goes on, as things keep changing, we just, I, I just keep realizing, well, there is kind of no, no going back to that. We live in an entirely new world, so how can we rebuild? How can we build better on top of these new circumstances, on top of this new world that we live in? How can we do all of this? And so that's why today we'll be in the book of, of Nehemiah. We'll be talking about what Nehemiah did to, be, to plan to rebuild. But first, let's pray, church. Spirit of God, we just welcome you here once again this morning. We are anxiously awaiting to see what you're going to do. We are excited to see, Lord, just how you move in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, I pray that it be your word spoken here this morning, not mine. I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds, open our eyes and our ears to hear and to see, to receive what, what you have for us, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, we're talking about building back better. We're talking about uh, laying down blueprints for rebuilding our lives. We're talking about how do we better ourselves for the year 2023? How do we uh, lay the foundation for the work that God wants to do in our lives to step into a life of Christ-likeness, to step into who God wants us to be? How do we do that? Where do we start? It's such a big task. And for that, church, we got to make a plan. We got to make a plan. You see, and that's one of those things for me. I, I have ADHD. I, that made school hard for me for a while, all kinds of stuff. And one of the biggest things I learned is we have to make plans. Right? I don't care if it's ADHD. That's not an excuse. We can do it. And there's a few reasons why we should make plans. Number one, God makes plans, church. Jeremiah chapter, nine, chapter 29, verse 11, uh, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you hope and a future. And let's be honest, many of us have heard this verse before, yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's one of those that's almost kind of become a, a cliche to some people with how often it's quoted, because we all know at least one person who's got that tattooed somewhere, you know what I mean? But the reason, the, the reason that that's such a popular verse, church, is because that was given to Jeremiah at a time of turmoil, at a time of struggle, where it feels like the whole world is crumbling around him. And God said, hey, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans. The plans are not to harm you, but they're to give you a future and a hope. When our world feels like it's crumbling, we have to remember that God has a plan. And not only is that good news for us, but that also is a mandate to us, that we are to model Christ's character. We are to take on God's character and begin planning ourselves. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace as in all meetings of God's holy people. God is a God of peace, a God of order. And we are to follow suit when we're making plans, and, and especially in the ways of, we're, especially in the areas in which we're wanting to better ourselves. Number two, God specifically tells us to make plans. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Uh, the, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, church. You can just read that book and just learn, 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 soak it up. My mom always had us read oh, one chapter of that like all the time growing up. And Proverbs 4.26 is kind of written like a father talking to a son saying, hear my child, listen to my wisdom. Don't let these words depart from your heart. And then he says, Make, mark out a straight path for your feet. We have to be planners. 1 Corinthians 14.40, be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Church, we have to make plans. And number three, God wants us to make plans so that way we don't waste our lives. Or I think about, if you guys remember the, the rapper Lecrae, uh, that guy is basically like, who got me on fire for Jesus when I was a teenager? He says, Paul said, if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives. What that implies is our life's built around Jesus being alive. That's what he's saying. And Ephesians uh, 5, 15 through 17 says something, says basically how to live that out. It says, uh, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. How many of us know there's a lot of stuff going on in this world, a lot of not-so-great stuff, all right? Like, y'all ever watch the news? I mean, just that alone. Or I, I don't keep up with the news too much, but I do have a Twitter account, which basically means I keep up with the news. And uh, there's just so much going on from all the way from 2020, and it just feels like keeps, things keep stacking and stacking and stacking. There's just so much darkness, church, in this world. But Christ empowers us to cut through that. Christ empowers us to see the darkness and see it as a way to make the most of every opportunity if we act thoughtlessly and understand what the Lord wants us to. That's why we should be making plans. And so let's turn now to uh, the book of Nehemiah beginning at chapter 1 verse 11. Let's look in, at this text and see what's happening in the world of Nehemiah. What's happening there? Beginning in chapter, 11, or chapter 1, verse 11, he says, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you, and please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer, says Nehemiah. Chapter 2, um, early, early in the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of, the, of king uh, Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine, and I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How could I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried, that, for the city in which my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king said, uh, with a queen, the king with the queen sitting beside him asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request, and I also said to the king, If it pleases the king, 
Let me have letters addressed to the governors in the, province, in the province west of the Euphrates rivers, instructing them to let me travel safely through the, their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because, of the, gracious, because the gracious hand of God was upon me. When I came to the governor's province of the west uh, of the Euphrates rivers, I delivered the king's letter to him. The king, I should add, had sent me along with horsemen, uh, with officers and horsemen to protect me. Can you imagine having that royal escort, officers and horsemen accompanying him? Nehemiah was, uh, did a fantastic job here at modeling how do you plan when you want to rebuild. Where do you start where you want to rebuild? And so let's look at seven steps that Nehemiah gives us for how to rebuild, for how we can start, start taking steps to bettering ourselves, to stepping into who Christ made us to be. Number one, you notice Nehemiah prays and asks for God's favor. We need to pray and ask for God's favor, church. That's right away in, in Nehemiah chapter, 11, uh, chapter 1, verse 11. He says, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers. And, and he describes himself here. What kind of a guy is Nehemiah? He's the kind who delights in honoring him. He's a, uh, and he asked him to grant him success by making the king favorable church. We need to go to, the, to our God before we do anything. That's step number one. And, you know, I always think about, um, I think about our relationship with God a lot like how uh, a parent-to-child relationship is. I think a lot of the, the dynamics are similar. I remember being a little kid, and... I'd have this idea of like, oh, I should go do this to play in the backyard and have some fun. And I'd go pitch the idea to my mom. And, it's, and it was, number one, I wanted to tell it to her because I was excited to share this idea with her. Number two, that's my little kid way of getting the blessing. Are you with me? That's my little way of, of getting her to say, yeah, it's okay if you go and do that. Similarly, whenever we have plans stirring in our hearts, whenever we have desires, whenever we feel a tug to go a certain direction, we ought to go to our father. Number one, because we love our father, Right? Because we delight in him. And number two, so that way we can get that blessing from him. Because a blessing from God, that's what changes things. It's not about our determination to, to just, you know, bear, you know, to, uh, what's it called, white knuckle it and get through it. It's about following into God's will and having his blessing over us. In James chapter 1 verse 5, it says, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I think about it again, like, if I, went, if I walked into my mom's room and said, hey, mom, I think I need some wisdom, my mom would probably go, yeah, that's true, you know? I'm sure most of our moms would say the same. And you think my mom's going to be upset with me for asking? No. She's going to offer me some wisdom. She's going to offer me some advice. Because number one, by me going to her saying, hey, I need wisdom from you, that's me saying, mother, you are more wise than me. That's why we're here. That's me admitting, hey, I'm humbly understanding that you know more than me, and I'd like to gain some of that. And on top of that, like, I'm, I, like my mom loves me like nobody else, man. I know that for a fact. And so I know my mom probably wants me to be the wisest guy on earth, Right? She wants me to be smart so I can take care of myself. You don't think our Heavenly Father wants the same for you? So we can go to our Heavenly Father, humbly saying, Lord, you are the creator. You are the maker. You are the sustainer. And I need some of your wisdom. Don't you think he wants you to have some wisdom? Of course he does. We, we ought to go to him, 
pray and ask for these things before we even lift a finger, church. Number two, we ought to pray for an opportunity and wait. Pray for the opportunity and wait. And in chapter two, chapter 2, verse 1, we see some details talked about kind of like the, the time of the year and stuff. It says, early on in the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign. And, you know, when I was growing up, I remember reading the Bible like that and thinking, okay, there's a king whose name I can't pronounce and a month that doesn't exist anymore because we use different calendars. So what does that have to do with the rest of the story? You know, that's just kind of how my brain worked when I started reading that. And so we did some digging. turns out what this is trying to tell us here is, Something happened the following spring in the month of Nisan. That's three to four months after Nehemiah said that prayer. This is the Bible letting us know, hey, sometimes things take time. Y'all ever try to rush something? Y'all ever get a really good idea and you just try to force it through too soon and they don't work out? God doesn't call us to do that. God calls us to be slow to speak, quick to listen. Or I, or I like uh, how Jesus says it. He goes, we are to... Uh, What's it called? Be as sharp as serpents, but as harmless as doves. You know, to be sharp-minded, but tender-hearted. That's how we ought to be. And you know what, church? I'll be honest with you. I'm a Gen Zer. I was born in the year 2000. You know, that makes me real old, right? (laughs) And I'm in this season of life where I'm understanding what it means to be an adult. Like, turns out taxes are a thing. Um, Still learning to cope with that one, you know? And all kinds of other things, uh, bills and just adult life stuff I'm figuring out. And one of the things I realized makes it really hard is I grew up with technology, with, with one of these, with phones. And for people of my generation especially, this is like, a, like an organ to us. This is an extension of ourselves, you know? Like, you take my phone, we're, we're going to have a problem. You know, I need this. But I also was born in the year 2000. And I grew up kind of as all this technology was being made and released. I remember what it's like driving cross-country and having a map in the glove box that you have to refer to. Y'all remember that? Man, I remember sometimes that map would be so big, the driver can hardly see out that windshield, you know, but hey, we got to figure out where we're going somehow. Or you guys remember going to mapquest.com, and then you'd print out that sheet, and then you'd, you know, you just have a bunch of papers and make sure you don't lose those, because if you lose those, what's going to happen, you know? But no, now we live in the world where I don't even have to unlock my phone. I can say, hey, Siri, take me to New Beginnings Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it'll do it for me like that. But church, what this does over time is it cultivates within ourselves a spirit of impatience, a spirit of ungratefulness at times. Uh, this, this is why it's very important to fast from technology. It's important to take breaks. It's important to use it in moderation. You can keep track of your screen time and know how much you're using it because we're formational beings as humans, right? Our habits and the things that we do, they shape our character, right? And so whenever we have this idea whenever we are understanding how we want to better ourselves we have to basically go against everything that the world is throwing against us and learn to be patient to take on that fruit of the spirit which is patience are you with me church in proverbs 13:16 the word says wise people think before they act fools don't and they even brag about their foolishness y'all there's people out there i hear them bragging about it they're like man I was, I was just hanging out and then just made this decision. Didn't even think about it, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, and we're bragging about that, my guy? You know? We ought to think before we speak. Tough-minded, tender-hearted. Wise as serpents, hard, harmless as doves. That's how we ought to go about planning and building. Point number three, 
we ought to expect for your church. Every time that we look to grow, every time we look to better ourselves, we ought to expect some fear, right? Nehemiah, chapter 1, at verse 2, uh, or chapter 1, verse 2, oh, chapter 2, verse 2, my bad. <laughs> Early in the following year, um, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of, the, of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king some wine, never looked so sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And then I was terrified, says Nehemiah. You ever been in a situation and you just very clearly think to yourself, I am scared. I am terrified. Every time change happens, every time uh, we are pushed to grow, there's going to be some of those feelings, some of those negative emotions, some of that fear. And there's two things that Nehemiah did to cope with that. I want to give those to you also so we can learn how to do that ourselves. Number one, Nehemiah admitted his feelings. That's a tough one sometimes, ain't it, church? Even if all of our feelings are out there, even if everyone can read it on our faces, but to, to say and admit this is what's going on, it's hard sometimes. And that's exactly the situation Nehemiah is in. The king said, uh, and I quote, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. He said, you must be deeply troubled. You ever have someone just call out all your emotions right then and there in front of you? The only thing harder than experiencing that is then saying, yes, you're right. That's exactly what's going on. But church, God, God calls us to deal with these emotions. You know, emotions aren't bad, church. Emotions are indicators that something is going on, that something is happening. We feel something, and that's where we go to thinking. And that's how, you know, all these things work in tandem with one another. When I think about... Uh, there's a sociologist by the name of Brene Brown. Her name is spelled B-R-E-N-E, brown like the color. She has a, um, a lecture out on Netflix, actually. It's fantastic. I'd highly encourage everyone to watch it. Essentially, she's a sociologist who has devoted her entire life to studying the relationship between courage and vulnerability. And what she's come to understand is that you can't separate the two. Do you consider yourself a courageous person? If you do then the truth is you are only courageous because you've put yourself in a place where you have to be vulnerable. Vulnerable enough to lose something, vulnerable enough to experience some loss or some pain. If you call yourself courageous, you have to understand vulnerability comes with that. Where I think about, especially as us guys, how many of us, of, of us guys know it's hard to admit those feelings, right? We're tough, we don't crack, right? Or at least that's what we're told to be. But I mean, even Jesus wept, right? Even Jesus wept. And there's, I see a lot of guys out there who they almost pride themselves with the fact that they've always got this low, burning anger within them. But the truth is, back to the psychology of it, anger is not a primary emotion. It's a secondary one, which means you don't just get angry. Normally what happens is it's rooted in sorrow. It's rooted in sadness. So Mr. Angry Tough Guy, you're just sad, bro. And it's okay to admit that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I get it. And it's hard for us guys, right? But Nehemiah did it. Jesus Christ, God himself, humbled himself to a place where he wept. If he could do it, we could do it. Number two, Nehemiah prayed before speaking. You'll notice it's very subtle in verse four. The king asked, how can I help you? And it says, with a prayer to the God in heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king, and if you're pleased with me, send me to Judah and all that good stuff. 
pray before we speak. Pray before we admit these feelings. I know one thing I do, especially when there's conflict in a relationship. Uh, this, is, this is a little tip from Pastor Richard. Um, he always says, write a letter. Write it down. Get it all out. And what I like to do is I write down those feelings. I, I pretend whoever I've got an issue with, whoever's hurting me, I write it all down. And then I'll read it back to myself. Ask yourself, is that really how I feel? Is that really what's here? And say, God, I want to give this to you. And then after you've processed that with God, after you've let it out, uh, for me, sometimes, you know, you've got to let out some, some tears. Just let it out in God's presence. Then you can think clearly. Then you can go fix it. Then you can get to work. That's what we're called to do. That's how Nehemiah dealt with his fear. But point number four, choose a clear target. Choose a clear target. Um, and that's, that's one of those things that I've been learning to, to do myself lately, especially as, you know, I'm transitioning into adulthood and all that good stuff. Like, I'm realizing, um, like, y- y'all ever take a nap that's so good that by the time you wake up, you got to start getting ready for bed, you know? Like, even with those little things, we got to pick a clear deadline. Set an alarm, guys. Come on. It works wonders. Those 30-minute naps, you know they hit different, guys. Uh, <laughs> But in Nehemiah 2, verse 6, the king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone, and when will you return? Y'all ever get asked a question like that, and you're like, oh, I got to rebuild some walls, some gates. It's a lot of work, my guy. I don't know. It's a long project, you know? God doesn't call us to just feel those emotions, understand what we want to do, but not plan it out. God calls us to plan. He pushes us to plan and to know the steps, to count the cost of what lies ahead of us. Church, we need to choose that clear target. Set that deadline. Number six, anticipate those barriers that you'll face. Anticipate that, the fact that you'll face barriers. Verses seven through eight to me, again, when I first re- read this, It's like these are lots of details, and I'm not sure what they have to do with the rest of the story. We'll explain those. Verse 7, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the uh, province of the west of the Euphrates, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. He had to get permission to travel because we got to remember the the backstory here, church. You see, Nehemiah uh, comes from the people of Israel from Judah specifically here, right? And what happened was Judah was invaded by another army. The walls were destroyed. The gates were destroyed. And many of the inhabitants were spread out all over the place. And so he can't just be walking around. He's a fugitive, kind of, you know, except now he's working as a slave, you know, for the king. And he's actually got a pretty good job as a cupbearer, I might add. But he understands that he needs permission to cross, permission to walk around, permission to go through the land. Verse 8, he says, please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. Why? Because I will need it to build beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for a house myself. You see, you can't just walk into some guy's forest and just start taking his wood, you know? And so he's like, well, I need to get a letter from the king to make sure. He's crossing off every box, guys. He's got it all planned. He's anticipating these barriers that we need to face. Um, on the first of the year, it was a Sunday, which is kind of a great way to start the year, right? You just church on the first day of the year. Um, I, I spoke, I preached a message to the youth talking about New Year's resolutions. And I don't know about you guys, I've noticed this year, it, I don't see a lot of people doing it. 
like first week of January, I went to the gym. It wasn't as packed as it normally is, first week of January, you know? And so I was talking with a youth about, hey, what is a New Year's resolution? What, like, where does this come from? And I gave him a list of the top five most popular New Year's resolutions in the U.S. from 2021. And you all want to know what it was. Top five. Number one, lose weight. Number two, eat better. Number three, start working out, which is basically all the same thing, get healthier, you know? <laughs> yeah, that says a lot about us Americans, huh? Um, but number four, managing relationships and time. Number five, finances, right? These are all areas in which God is calling us to. We need to take care of stuff, right? And this year, 2023, as we seek to grow, as we seek to step into God's will for us, we have to look at whatever category it may be, whether it be your relationships or time, you have to count the cost, church, of growing, of bettering yourself there. Proverbs 27, 12 says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly and suffers the consequences. I think about, uh, for me, one of my New Year's resolutions is I want to get consistent at going to the gym. I have this habit of sometimes I'll go like on a Saturday when a friend invites me and then on a Tuesday whenever I have nothing to do. But I want to get consistent, you know? Um, and one of those things that, that I, I need to keep doing for myself to make sure I go is I got to make sure there's always gas in my tank because you will not find me at a gas station freezing my tail off first thing in the morning getting gas because I forgot to do it the day before, you know? And that's just a small little silly thing, but that's me counting the cost in this little area of my life, you know? Or I think about another one of my New Year's resolutions. Uh, how many of us have siblings, right? How many of us are starting to see that sibling relationships change over time, and it's hard to keep up with them, and we need to continue to put effort into those? That's one of my resolutions. How do I get closer with my siblings? Counting the cost for me means, number one, Remembering all the things I did to them as a child. Ooh, you want to stir up some family beef? Just talk about, you remember that time when I was seven and you were nine and you stuffed me in that closet and then you grabbed this thing and I did that thing and then you told mom? Like, oh man, that stuff got messy. But counting the cost also means understanding, hey guys, I'm not that guy no more. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer that guy that lives in me, but Christ who lives within me. And the same is true for you, church. Count the cost. Understand where you stand. Understand where you stand in relationship to God. The truth is, if God is for us, who can stand against us? Right? Like, not even death itself has power over it. Like, literally, death itself, guys. What, what's the world going to do? What's the world going to do to hurt us? No matter what goal it is, no matter what relationship needs, uh, needs repairing in your life, no matter what addiction needs to be put to death, What's the world going to throw at you? Just take the steps, church. You can do it. Understand the blessing you have in Christ and count the cost. Luke 14, 27 through 28. And if you do not carry your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. This is Jesus talking, by the way. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin a construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if they have enough money to finish it? When I think about, there's a guy um, who is kind of becoming a symbol in church history. His name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Uh, basically, what this guy did was he single-handedly led a peaceful re uh, revolution against uh, the Nazi party in Germany uh, with pastors trying to get them to push against um, the Nazis. 
and literally ended, you know, he ended up getting martyred because of that. But he is one of the people that I would argue every Christian needs to know a little bit about this guy, you know, because that's faith right there, you know. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer had one famous quote that I think about all the time. He said, when Christ beckons a man, he bids him come and die. He bids him come and die. And I, the first time I heard that, I'm like, oh, that one's not going to look very good on a bumper sticker, huh? You know? Not very good on a refrigerator magnet. But the truth is, when we understand what Christ has called us to, we understand that we have to put our flesh to death. We have to put our past, our lower self, whatever language you want to use, we have to put it to death and understand that Christ is the light. It's the force. He is the spirit that enables us to step into the version of you that he intended you to be. Because sin has a way of marring the image of God that he placed on us. I always say we, defi- we can define sin as anything that creates relational damage, right? Because sin separates us from God. And so if we sin, that relationship is damaged. If we sin against our neighbor, that relationship is damaged, right? And so God empowers us to put that away and to live, I'm telling you guys, completely different, unrecognizable life. You can live empowered, feeling like a brand new person, if you count the cost. And there is life, and life to the full, waiting for you there, church. Number seven, trust God to meet all your needs, church. That's what Nehemiah did. Trust God to meet all your needs. Nehemiah 2, 8, or, excuse me, 2, 9. Uh, when I came to the governors of the province of the west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letter to them. The king, I should add, had sent me along uh, with, with army officers and horsemen to protect me. That's a beautiful way to travel in style, my guys. And on top of that, with protection. He had the king's covering. And verse 8 says, The king granted, to the, granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. The gracious hand of God was on him. Church, the gracious hand of God is what we need to seek this year. The gracious hand of God is what we need to seek as we go out to restore those broken relationships that we know God is calling us to fix in this, 2020, this year, 2023. As we go to whether it's breaking an addiction, breaking a habit, uh, just getting closer to God, whatever your goal is, whatever God is leading you to, January 2023, in this moment, this year, we have to seek God's hand over it. Proverbs 6.1 says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. It's not about what we can figure out up here. It's about what God can show us in here, church. James chapter 4, verse 15 says, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Many of us, we make so many plans for the future. And it's like, well, the truth is we don't know what the world's going to look like. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the, the other day who was just telling me about how they were planning a trip to San Francisco, California. And then if you all seen the news last couple of weeks, you don't know what, what the world might bring. San, San Francisco's like underwater, by the way, for those of you guys who haven't been keeping up. So much rain. 
We never know what, what the world, what, what this life might throw at us, church. And so that's why we need to seek the Lord first to direct our path. This is how Nehemiah was able to do all these things. But church, the story is bigger than just that. Because if you read the Bible, if you look at the book of Nehemiah, it's in the Old Testament, just right after Chronicles, way back there. And there's a lot more stuff that happens between Nehemiah and Jesus. Yes, Nehemiah is successful in going back and getting to work, but more stuff happens. The, the, later on in the Bible, there's, there's another season in which um, the Israelites get to return back to their city, but then eventually they end up sinning more. They turn away from God, and another army comes in, and they disperse them all over the place. And for them, it literally felt like the end of the world. But this story continues on and on and on. Because remember, church, the kingdom of Israel was supposed to be a beacon to all nations, right? They had a special relationship with God in which they were living out the life that God has called us to. And it didn't work. But it was just another part of the story that leads us to the finished work that is in Christ Jesus. Because in him, we have all that we need. In him, something changed in the Bible. Because the language here in the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament is, and God was with him. It's asking God to be with us. But the language is different in the New Testament in this time that we live in now. We don't ask God to be with us. Because God can be in us now, church. God can be in us. He writes in the book of uh, Jeremiah that God wants to write his law on your heart. Write his law on your heart. Take from you your heart of stone and give you that heart of flesh, church. And I always think about uh, one of my professors. He'd always ask, David, is there anybody in there, in here, but you? Anybody in here but you? So, where are we at? What does this mean for us? What do we do with this? What's our starting point, church? Well, whether you're with the plurality of Americans who, you know, you really just want to work on your health or finances or relationships, or whether your goal this year for 2023 is maybe to get plugged in and start serving. By the way, we have lots of ways to do that, you know, just saying. Uh, whether uh, your resolution for this year is just to get closer to God, wherever you're at, there's three things uh, that we've got to do. Number one, not to get extremely tired of our situation. Extremely tired of it. What is it that's pressing your, on your heart right now? What is it that's heavy on your mind right now, church? Number two, we have to start seeing the changes inside of us. We've all heard the quote, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? But what does that, how does that apply to just us in our individual lives? Start feeling the change in here. You know, it, it's uh, the idea of going to the gym, getting healthier is something that, like lot, lots of, we all want to look healthier. We all want to be healthier, right? I think it's a fair thing to say. A lot of that starts with the stuff that's in here, with the way that we think about ourselves, the, the way that we, you know, criticize ourselves. And then be, beyond even getting to the gym, you guys know, uh, just health-wise, it's like 80% nutrition, 20% activity. What are you feeding yourself with? What are you taking in? And I don't just mean physically, spiritually. What kind of stuff are you watching on TV? What's streaming on Netflix? What you looking at on TikTok, you know? What kind of music are you listening to? Is it filling your soul or is it just feeding the rage? Is it just feeding the frenzy? That change needs to begin within ourselves. Number three, write down a simple plan. Write it down somewhere. 
I was telling somebody the other day that uh, sometimes I get nervous journaling because sometimes when I journal, I'm just getting all my thoughts out. And it's like, man, I sure hope nobody finds this because I will look a little insane, you know? But just do it. Just write it down. Just get it out. That's, that's the advice that Pastor Richard gives us, you know, write a letter. Get it down. Write your plan. Write your starting point. Find your starting point. And so, church, as we close, uh, as we close this morning, what I want to do is I want to pray. I want to ask you a few questions as we pray just to get the gears turning up here for you guys, just to get you guys thinking so we can begin to identify how we can change. So let's pray real quick, church. So do me a favor. Take a nice deep breath in and out. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have here to be gathered this morning. I thank you for these blueprints you've given us for change, these blueprints you've given us for building, God. And right now, I just pray that you remind us of the fact that we stand firm on you, God. Not even death itself can hold a candle to your might, God. So church, where you're at right now with your eyes closed, I just want you to take a moment and think about the things from 2022 that you wanted to change about yourself, the things that just frustrated you, the things in your world that just you need to put to death in 2023. I just want to give you a moment to think about that, bring that to thought, invite God into that. Once you begin to identify whatever that is in your life, church, just right there where you're at, give it to God in your own words. In whatever way makes sense to you, just tell God, I need this. I want this. And church, with that thought and with that surrender to God, understand that it's his now and you can do it if you continue taking these steps if you continue seeking God he's got you so heavenly father thank you for the thoughts that have surfaced in these people's minds and hearts Lord because you're pointing them in a direction in which you need them to grow thank you for revealing yourself to us in the way that you do God thank you for empowering us in your gracious, powerful name we do pray. Amen. Church, go write it down. Make your plan. And now you may be dismissed to go change Albuquerque.